you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hello and welcome from the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio. It's Around the NFL, our Week 18 preview a week in the NFL, unlike uh, any we can remember, of, uh, of course, with DeMar Hamlin and everything that continues to unfold around uh, the Bills safety. Dan Hans is here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. How are we doing, boys? I think in higher spirits after watching that press conference from the, the University of Cincinnati. Absolutely. Dr. Timothy Pritz and Dr. William Knight spoke with the media, gave us updates on where Hamlin stands, who, of course, suffered the cardiac cardiac arrest during Monday's game against the Bengals. And we learned on Thursday that he has shown, quote, remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. And this is huge as well, appears to be neurologically intact, according to the doctors. Speaking of the doctors, um, one of the things we learned, Mark, uh, was that um, Hamlin was responsive, opening his eyes and even uh, in writing form asked if the Bills had won the game on Monday night, unaware, obviously, of everything that had transpired after he uh, went down on the field. Here is what Dr. Pritz had to say. You know, to paraphrase uh, one of our partners, you know, when, when he asked, did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Damari, you won. You've won the game of life. Uh, and that's probably the most important thing out of this. And we really need to keep him at the center uh, of everything else that's going on. And we really want to ensure a good outcome for him. 
they also mentioned that you know he's shown the ability to move his hands and feet. He's able to nod to respond to questions. I mean, he's obviously not speaking verbally because he's you know under un, under their he's care the at this point. Yeah, his breathing is still being helped as things stand. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, they, he's still seen. He's in the ICU as of right now, and he's still critically ill, as the doctor said. So it's not a situation where Hamlin is out of the woods, but r- just some really positive updates here right now greggy yeah just them talking at all was such a great sign and you could tell and i I was amazed how many questions they answered and the details that they went through and i think they made it clear that none of this was guaranteed from the moment that he went down giving all the credit in the world to the bill's medical staff for acting so quickly and so perfectly within a minute and that even when he got to the hospital that there were a lot of concerns and that in the last 24 hours some of those concerns including you mentioned the neurologically being stable and uh, him starting to progress like are making everyone that are surrounding this story feel better about his recovery, but they didn't want to push forward into what this all means moving forward. They just want to get him back up and running and be able to go home with his family. Yeah, I thought that they, you know, underlined over and over the the, the job that the Bills medical staff did and that the fact that the NFL's processes in place um, were so tight and practice, pre-practice before this happened and that the Bills doctors recognized what was going on in the nick of time. And had they not, things could be very different, but they I, absolutely did a great job with that. And I'm not putting words into anyone's mouth, but just by what the doctors were saying, the way things transpired, how they transpired, what what he, although we don't know specifically what actually the medical event was beyond the cardiac arrest, this could have and perhaps should have been a, a fatal event, but instead it was his age, they said, his fitness Uh, And the medical care, which arrived in less than a minute and world class medical care arriving almost instantaneously, it saved the kid's life. Uh, And 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 that is it's a remarkable confluence of events here, obviously, uh, that transpired. And um, we're still kind of like processing and and learning all these things as they go along. But it's 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 a unbelievable kind of life event. And we're all kind of tracking it in real time. Right. Like we're going to end up pivoting here just like the teams amazingly are going to be pivoting that we're in this game bills and Bengals are talking about football but while like we had a chance to watch these guys you were happy that they got to do this press conference in a way not that they necessarily are begging to they're providing a service for us and giving us more information but for a half hour, an hour, just for like a world, the sports world, to marvel how medical professionals are total badasses and yeah. heroes. And one of the moments where it, it reminded me of that is when they ask him, you know, have you ever seen anything like this? And the honest answer from the, the doctor is, we deal with this every day. Like cardiac arrest is something that is our specialty that we're dealing with on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour basis, and every case is different. And the fact that it was a Bengals player in Monday Night Football is what is unprecedented. And they said, look, everyone that wasn't watching um, and attending to the care of their patients at the moment when this happened were at the hospital watching this game. And a lot of their friends who work at the hospital and doctors were at the game because it's it's the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're you're watching the game. And so for them to transition from watching that game in that moment to them oh. treating it. Yeah, you get the sense that just, I mean, thankfully, so thankfully, every little thing went right here. 
and had had it taken a little bit turn in a different place, we don't know where we'd be. But like this is about as hopeful as a spot as we could be sitting in at this point here on Thursday. And before all this stuff happened, I think it was Monday afternoon before the game, and and you talked about it, Greggy, yesterday on our podcast we did with uh, Cameron Wolf on the scene in Cincinnati. Nick Wessling was supposed to do the Monday night recap with you if things went the way people expected things to go on Monday and just a regular game. And he was telling us before the game the whole city was on fire. And I wrote about in the in the power rankings this week um, that it is crazy that a game that started um, a week that started Monday with the Bills is just the enemy um, in Cincinnati ended with that city skyline bathed in Buffalo blue. Um, so just like crazy. And, and speaking of crazy, like, and we're going to get to the games in a second here, but I just want to say one more thing because we just learned this minutes ago watching the press conference with the two doctors. Uh, the fact um, that Hamlin wrote it out, like, you know, who won the game? What a mind bender it must have been to be told. Actually, no, they didn't finish the game. Right. And 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 I imagine even whatever state he's in, uh, it's going to be a lot to process as he continues to hopefully. And it sounds like yeah, he is he, getting better. Like all of these teams, I mean, they just they're interwoven in ways that we just don't know from the outside. But we've started to see a lot of that with both the Bengals and the Bills, and it almost it isn't surprising to me that, that was one of his first questions. Like, what happened to my? guys out on that field you know you, when you're waking up to the sense that you weren't there to finish that game uh that's the first question he asked it says a lot about who the buffalo Wait till Bills he hears are. about his charity well that will that's a <laughs> there you go lot. and like it's the whole <laughs> country and city, cities being in blue we are taping this you know as you can tell after right after this press conference but also at a deficit of some information so just to keep in mind as we're going over these games that we still don't know that what the NFL is going to do in terms of scheduling and seating, and that'll probably happen at you know sometime this week, whether it's Thursday or Friday after we finish taping. But we can still or like, like look knowing at these games. our show and our luck this season on the Thursday show, seconds after we publish the show, yes. we'll have a, a very clear vision of how they're handling the schedule. Um, well, we could just do the entire show. Yeah, over we'll just again. start over. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it again. But as of right now, week eighteen is on as scheduled. The Monday night football game postponed with no clear path right now, at least from the public standpoint of what they're doing next. Now, I imagine on 345 Park Avenue, this has been a constant conversation trying to figure out how to make this work because there are some strange, we'll get into it uh, here, some strange schedule quirks involved now if that game does not get finished. Let's get into the games. We usually start with the primetime games. And we will. We'll hit the primetime game. So let's start with an afternoon game because we have two games scheduled for Saturday. Okay, let's start with the Chiefs at Raiders, 4.30 p.m. from Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. And this is one of the games that's impacted. So the Chiefs right now, for instance, are a team that, um, based on if Monday night's game uh, played out in a certain way, they would be on the outside looking in potentially for the number one seed in the AFC. They now have a chance to claim the number one seed in the AFC with a win over the Raiders, depending on how the league proceeds forward. But first, they need to take care of business against the Raiders, that uh, a team that is now not playing for anything in terms of the playoffs, uh, Las Vegas, but the Chiefs certainly are. Yeah, we, we'll have to see on the seeding because the NFL, there's been a lot of things thrown out there, uh, and there's a lot of options that, that could end up affecting what their seeding is. But either way, they're going to – 
really want to win this game uh, to get a higher seed and to have a home field for as long as possible in, in the playoffs, depending on what the NFL decides to do. And I don't count this as just like an automatic W just because every Chiefs game is complicated lately. Yeah. Whether it's against the Broncos, you know, it whether it get, it's against the Texans or whether it's against Jared Stidham. Who, Jared Stidham. I mean, that was the most surprising performance by any single player I can think of this season. He balled out. Yeah, I, I know. He, I mean, I know he made a couple bad plays too here. One, one bad uh, interception, really, and then the other he, he got hit. But he played incredible in that game. Those weren't like fluky plays. He showed an athleticism and movement, like throwing to his left, all this stuff that w- I have no idea if that'll ever happen again or not. But he showed some real physical gifts that makes me more interested in watching this game well, than I yeah. would have been with Derek Carr. And it happened across from Brock Purdy, who's produced some of the most incredible performances that we never would have predicted right. across <laughs> the field. And I think, you know, the Niners were obviously, I mean, because they've been so airtight as a defense, caught off guard by Jared Sidham. And I think how aggressively Josh McDaniels, you know, ordered slash allowed him to be early on that Sidham out of nowhere, because, you know, we've seen him with the Patriots and he looked like a regular dude. And out here, he was firing aggressive shots downfield, looking like he had practiced with Devontae Adams for weeks on weeks. And at one point, I mean, he had never thrown for more than 72 yards in a game. He had 246 yards and three touchdowns before his first real mistake, that tipped interception. Yeah, I I was struck, just like you guys, how comfortable he looked leading the offense, how confident he clearly was. And maybe he's just like kind of a swaggy dude. I don't know much about Stidham, but you could tell he was a guy. I watched kinda, every preseason didn't snap seem he ever did. Swaggy he didn't feel swaggy uh, there, though. He certainly yeah. seemed like it um, right up to like shots to the uh, the luxury suites with it, with his wife uh, with the Stidham shirt celebrating. Everybody almost like seemed in the Stidham universe like, no, this, this guy can play and he's going to ball out. And he certainly was showing that on the field. And I did see some of the reporting to – uh, out there connected to the Raiders like well yeah like he knows he knows and understands Josh McDaniel's playbook uh, insinuating in a way that Derek Carr didn't quite grasp and that explained why he looked more comfortable than even Carr in the McDaniel's offense all that's kind of interesting and against and we'll get back to the Chiefs in a second but set against the backdrop of the big splash that was supposed to make the Raiders a AFC contender this year was Devontae Adams joining the Raiders and he's been as good as it advertised this season but he also went there in large part the way it was spun to us on some level because his buddy Derek Carr was there. Derek Carr ain't going to be there next year. And Devontae Adams um, spoke with the media on Wednesday explaining, this is where things stand with me and my future here. But I also, I want a voice. Me, Josh, um, Ziggs, we all got a really good um, dynamic and it's something that I really appreciate. And um, I've, I've mentioned it to them as well. You know, obviously they don't have to do anything as far as I'm not I'm not a part of the, you know, the front office, but um, obviously they know the reason why I came here. And, you know, a step like this is obviously something that means a lot to me and in, in my personal career. And obviously what I'm trying to chase as far as, you know, the ultimate pursuit to, to get that ring. So we obviously got a, a good understanding for one another. And that, that helps this whole process. I think you got to give him a voice. I mean, you can't have an unhappy Devontae Adams a month into next season. They do they where they stand right now. The Raiders have the number seven overall pick. I mean, the whispers are that you might get Tom Brady. It would be hard to, to imagine Devontae Adams being too nonplussed about the idea of Brady coming into a system where he knows the Josh McDaniels playbook as well. I can't imagine that Jared Stidham is a real option no matter He's a what free happens. agent though. So he it's a big game for him. It's a big game for McDaniels. There's been actually a 
almost a recurrence of some thought that Mark Davis could pull a surprise if like the end of the season had gone bad. But I think 500 yards on the number one defense in the league against the 49ers. And then this game against the, the worst red zone defense in the league chiefs put up some points that you'll with Jared Stidham. I think you'll look better. Uh, but I also don't, I, I've been like talking about the Raiders. Like I, it's not like I'm picking the Raiders to win this game. The Raiders' defense are playing guys they've never heard of at this point. Very quietly, like half of their starting defense, which already was bad, got injured, and they're playing a guy. Uh, their linebackers last week were Luke Masterson and Harvey Lange. Mm. Sounds mm. like a That's detective nice. show. Yeah, it does. Um, this and- was the game, by the way, where the Raiders were up 17. This is the, the, the was one of the earliest earmarks of what they've been doing all season. They were up 17 nothing against the Chiefs in right. that game where Travis Kelsey had three touchdowns and they – you know, Mahomes had four by the end of the game, but there you there you go. Yeah. Get the lead, give up the lead. I, I wrote this week that this the Raiders season is very Vegas in general. You know, they they lost ultimately, but it was entertaining. They had a good time. Yeah. Um and Patrick Mahomes, especially with Jalen Hurts missing the last couple of weeks, seems like this is where he could put the fi- finishing touches on another MVP. He is as uh, someone who hasn't been as pumping up Mahomes as much this year. He's over 5,000 yards with 40 touchdowns this year on a team that could be the number one seed. So The next quarterback has 34 right, touchdowns. Like last week Burrow, was a so. perfect example. Like He almost it felt like played perfect. They still somehow barely beat the Broncos. He's making crazy plays. I think they're really trying to develop Kadarius Toney for the playoffs as one of their main weapons. And also Jarek McKinnon having seven touchdowns since week 13. Great look for Jarek McKinnon, but also it's a great look for Patrick Mahomes and his greatness. Okay, let's move on. To the other primetime game, let's bring in the Grave Digger. That was the Grave Digger. Yo, Justin, how are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you guys? Long week for all of us. Uh, hope you're doing okay, bud. The Tennessee Titans, your team, losers of 400 straight. Is that the correct number? I think it's six. It but feels like feels 400. Like 400 yeah. uh, they're seven and nine, but they can win the AFC South. I think it's it's even because week 17 was so kind of weird and annoying in terms of the AFC South uh, setup that it just kind of put everything into pur- purgatory. But now here we are, and as bad as the things have gone for the Titans, if they have one good night on Saturday, they got a home game in the playoffs next week, and I know we don't necessarily feel great about them as a postseason team, but that's how close they are. But they get the Jaguars here, Gravedigger, who have gone in, gone in the opposite direction. They're winning every week. I know your confidence isn't high, but is there something in your heart uh, as a fan that thinks they could maybe figure out something here? I actually think the Titans can win this game. Now they have they're the healthiest they've been in a while. That still includes like Ryan Tannehill, two starting offensive linemen, Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham, all on injured reserve, so Out. they're not yeah. exactly healthy, but the healthiest they've been. And the Jaguars have won four straight, starting with the last game against the Titans. So that kind of kicked off the Jags' winning streak. This is a sort of revenge game. The Titans have way more experience in these big games under Mike Vrabel. Obviously, Josh Dobbs, starting at quarterback, has the least experience. He's really convincing himself of here. anyone. Yeah, but let him go. Let him go. I think the defense can play at a higher level because they're healthy. The Cowboys, the game against the Cowboys last week, actually gave me confidence. They were able to keep it close. The offense looked a lot better than it has with Malik Willis, with Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback. The Jags are a good team. They're hot. They're playing some of their best football right now. Is he gonna? But everyone's picking the Jags. I saw an article today that, like, rounded up the expert picks. 20 picking the Jags, zero picking the Titans. Nobody thought the Titans could get the one seed last year. No one thought they deserved to get it. Lock they it up. did it anyway. No one thinks the Titans are going should be in the playoffs. No one wants to Do watch it. them in the playoffs. They know it. Everyone knows it. it. The Titans are winning this game. Do it. I'm locking it up. Beautiful. 
And I'll bring some well. sanity to the proceedings, and we'll, we'll enter into a lock-off. I'll take the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, same. That was my plan. Wow. First lock-off of the season. This is why Gravedigger's sitting in last place. The Titans are 30th in offensive DVOA since everything's fallen off the floor in Week 13. I mean, they, they are inept. They and the Bears are the only teams without a wide receiver that have over – 500 yards in the season. And so you're really counting on a big game from Derrick Henry. And the one thing you can do against the Jaguars, metrics-wise, like you can run on the inside against them between the tackles. And Henry's done that before. He had a big game against them last time. But in that same game, that's where they got up against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville unfurled 29 straight points on them. And you started to see the new version of Trevor Lawrence, who looks utterly unstoppable at this point. And it's unfair to, to get on Derrick Henry because there's not a lot around him. But when they've needed him to be Superman again this year, he hasn't quite been that way. And he's fumbling the ball a lot. And, you know, it's just it's all he's part coming of off a greater a week off, though. He's yeah. coming off a week off. That matters. He he can he can run. I was impressed. You actually are making me think maybe this isn't the, the best lock in the world. Move off it. We could sweat it out for sure because they showed something in the running game last week. They were able to run the ball with their four new offensive linemen. Yeah. And who was even running? Was it Haskins last week? I don't even remember Haskins, at this point. Chestnut, Julius. Like Chestnut. Uh, like they actually, Justin they had a pretty good running game <laughs> against the Jaguars. It's a division game. You mentioned the guys that are back in the secondary for Tennessee. So at least it gives them a chance. Amani Hooker and Christian Fulton. And Trevor Lawrence the last two weeks hasn't been on fire. He did not play well against the Texans. Well, they didn't need him to do much last no, they week. Didn't, like, but, they but yanked he, him in the third but quarter. But he missed but. a lot of throws. It, it was his worst game in a while. Uh, and the Jag, the Jets game was a weather game. I just if if as if Mike Vrabel is as good as we've pumped him up to be, they will be competitive in this game and we'll sweat it out a little, but I still feel okay. I do think that it was a savvy move to like take the shot at looking at Dobbs versus Malik Willis because that Malik Willis just did not look ready. And Dobbs, we get it. He's he is just sort of mezzanine level fill-in-the-blank quarterback here, but he is much more competent than Willis in terms of, like, I think they can expand the offense a little bit. They can, they yeah. must feel more comfortable He's, with him. I feel like he could either be amazing or they'll they'll lose. You know, I was just saying they'll be competitive. He could be the reason they win this game or the reason they lose pretty quickly because in that game, it was sort of the opposite to me. was He made five or six incredible yeah. throws. But he also made some things made, you would expect out of Dobbs. Like it was yeah. very up and he down. Had like what, he had some yeah. next level plays that were like, okay, I see why he's playing. But he also looked like a guy who had been there he for ten days. He threw one straight to Trevon Diggs. Right. It should have been a pick six, and Diggs it dropped was a, it. It was a lot that, of everything. Yeah. It showed something with I mean, Willis. He's barely played. Though. Awareness he's, he's barely wasn't played. great. He, he fumbled twice and didn't really step up. I thought it was but, a little overplayed, including on the telecast about his level of play compared to Malik Wills. I think he was maybe net neutral in the end. It was some like plays up here and then plays way down here. Um, but I guess that's more than you saw from Willis. And I just think, you know. I think Frabel just like completely verbally lost trust in He looked like an NFL quarterback. Willis. He looked like an NFL right. quarterback. Willis had Backup quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Kind yeah. of like in a perfect scenario, a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Heineke type that might hit some Big time get high. He just has high. to keep the offense on schedule and protect the ball. Titans turned it over four times in the last game against the Jags. If they hadn't done that, it's a totally different hey, game. Right. But they Graver. did do that. It's, it's been a horrible month and a half, but you just got to get hot for three and a half hours. There you go. That's it. Yeah. This is an ESPN game, by just the way. Just have some balls bounce your way. You'll be fine. Buck and eight I mean, minutes. have some balls in but, general. Step up and salvage your year. Like what we definitely need is another week of this Texans team. So I, I'm totally with the grave digger. I, I hope this you said goes Texans, well. You meant Titans. Titans. It's embarrassing. Like, happens a lot. Late. Can't, can't fix it now. Let's well, take a break. Me, we'll be right back. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The thing. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how how lucky we were <gasps> yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Let's. Uh, so that was Saturday's slate, January 7th. Uh, let's move to the primetime game, January 8th, Sunday night football. The last game of the regular season, probably. I don't know. We'll see. Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. Love it. Love it. Mark, they did it. I like. I haven't been on board with a lot of the decisions of the powers that be in the schedule room uh, for the NFL this year. Um, but even though there's a possibility that the Lions are eliminated by the time this game gets played, I think this is great theater. I think uh, the Packers are playing great. Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back reigning MVP, is uh, on the field. It's Lambeau, and Detroit has been this great story all season long. And there is an also a reality where things go their way. Seattle loses earlier uh, on Sunday, and all of a sudden you have an awesome playing game headed into the postseason. I certainly prefer the latter, uh, but I accept the former because I think that this Lions team, 
And, you know, Greg, you talked about this last week, too. It's like no matter where they are in this situation, this season is a major win for the coaching staff, for the players, Huge. for guys like Jared Goff. And there's no you're not going to get any version of them because they've been knocked out of a playoff race that they're going to not try. They're going to absolutely do everything they can. You are facing, though, I think another great story. And I ne- can't believe I'm saying this because I've never been pro Packers. But what Aaron Rodgers has, has done with this team and what they've done in general with their defense to win all these games, to get to this place, he's 5-0 and in his career and winning in games. It's in Lambeau. They're, they're a completely different team than they were a month ago. I think this will be a huge challenge for Detroit, who, I, you know, listen, it's not like outside of the Dome they're they're defunct. It's not true. It? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not touching this one. But like, yeah, I'd find them like in Green Bay at night. It's gonna, gonna test who it. they are. No, I'm not gonna do it. You're it. Uh, you're right. It's a major test. the The whole idea of, you know, earlier in the week that the Seahawks fans were upset about if the if the Lions were seven and nine going into this game and already eliminated, like no one would be complaining, and this would be the game. <laughs> so I sort of don't understand why anyone would have any uh, problem with them if they're eliminated on Sunday and this being the game. You know what I mean? Like all the other teams that are playing on Sunday that, quote, don't have anything to play for versus teams that are. It's like they're all showing up. It's like the Browns against the Steelers, and they're they're playing that game. I guess the argument is like they'd be so emotionally disappointed, but I just don't think that's how football works. These are professionals. I love the way Campbell handled it. I love the way Pete Carroll handled it, too. It's like pl- they both were saying, like, please, we're showing up. We want to end the Packers season. Hopefully we'll have a chance to make – go to the playoffs but this would be like maybe one of the greatest wins in Lions history if they won this game even if they already are eliminated plus you get the win feeling that way uh, and the season feeling that way I think they can do it with their running backs Uh, this is how the Lions season turned around was beating this Packers team was a bit of a fluky game where they were outplayed but had a bunch of turnovers in the red zone but Jamal Williams in that game was great and Jamal Williams looks fresh looks awesome DeAndre Swift looks as good as he's looked all year. That's the way you attack this Packers defense is with power running. And I think that's who the Lions are. I think they'll be going for fourth downs. I think they'll be running once they get off the bus. And I think they're built to do so. I would love to see one thing happen in this because Jamison Williams, we've seen little moments here. And the Lions could use sort of, I wouldn't say a secret weapon, but a weapon you're not expecting to play a bigger role. His one catch is a 41-yard touchdown catch. His one other touch is a 40-yard rush in Week 17. It's like, this guy, there's something about him when you watch him. It's like, they, he has not been part of the plan all year. Green Bay's developed some electric weapons over the last month plus where it's like they're a different team because of it. I would love to see Williams play a larger role in this and be a difference maker. I mean, it would be cool, but they also are now up to eight games this year with 30 or more points. The Lions, that's a team record. And uh, they're going to score points. And I know the Packers have played better. Um the last time they kind of got the the real heat put on them um, was that Miami game where they were getting lit up in the first half by Tua, and then he suffers a head injury. We don't know the specifics around that, uh, but that allowed, I think, potentially in part for them to steal that game with the three late interceptions. Greggy, remember back in um, November, I believe it was, you and I had locked up the Packers, who had lost, I believe, six of seven at that point they were four and eight at the time and I'm looking at this box score with one minute and seven seconds to play in the third quarter against the Bears they had uh Chicago had an 83.8 percent win probability up 1910 uh in that game with the Packers sitting at four and eight the Packers rallied to win that game 
and they haven't lost since. So, yes, as annoying as, Mark, the Packers can be, and I, I know you've come around on them this year a little bit, it really would be a fairly remarkable turnaround if they end with the dub and get to the right. dance. And the Lion, but the Lions season, you know, ironically, it you're coincidentally started against the Packers. They were one and six at that point. They were coming off the bye when they won that game where they forced the red zone uh, turnovers against the Packers. Uh, I love this game, and uh, I think they want to force Aaron Rodgers to play hero ball to to get away from their running game because I think that's where the Packers can win and just him sitting back there trying to make a play. And I think he did a lot of that against Minnesota, and it didn't really work. It didn't matter. They, they put up a 40-burger, and he played fine. He wasn't a problem. But the, the Lions are a pretty good pass rush right now with all their young players, Houston and Hutchinson and Pascal and, and everyone. If they can get the Packers to get a little pass-heavy like they were early in the season, I think they can win. I'm picking the Lions to win this now, I don't game. think it's a hero ball world for Aaron Rodgers right now. He's thrown four touchdowns since week 13. He's looked, I just think, a little more mundane than we'd expect for a two-time MVP. I think he's trying, though. I think he's like, you know, his offensive line's playing better, though, and so he's having faith in them to protect him, and he's kind of sitting back there waiting to make a big play. You know, normally what comes out of the mouth of Aaron Rodgers, I find often, like, slightly tedious and um, pressing on my patience, but I think he's been different in the last couple weeks. He talked last week, he's like, they need me to be a better leader. They need me Mm. to be someone they can lean on, and that's not something Aaron Rodgers was really even acknowledging uh, verbally the same way before. I think there's just something about this Packers team that's different than the old 13-3 and act where you roll into the playoffs and get knocked out. Like I kind of like this version better where it's like you're clearly the underdogs. You're not a perfect team. They very easily in certain scenarios could wind up playing the Niners if they got into the playoffs, which would be a nice little dose of revenge for what happened to them a year ago. Yeah, they'll, and then they'll just get beat by the Niners in the playoffs. Well, you know, I'm trying to, like they for do once, every I'm year. trying to do what you want and give some <laughs> Green Bay some love here. I'm just saying, it does feel inevitable in that stretch, but they got to get there first. Let's uh, move to the draft, Mark. You have in the final week. This is our final. No, no, we'll have drafts. Well, not but really. Not really. No, this, is the, the, this is the last this is kind it. of real yeah. draft, and you have the first pick. Congratulations. I do. And Remember when you were annoyed I think this that is you the were final draft? We usually just go through the yeah, other playoffs. So. We watch together, you know, arm um, in arm. Remember in week way back in week one? Yeah. You were like, I'm annoyed now because. Uh, Greg had second pick, uh, and I had first pick. But look how the worm. Well, turned. it was just no. It was just presumed that Greg would go second. There was no logic to right. it, other than you decided that. But so then that, Greg, you know. Greg, all all season long has been grumbling about how bad his first picks have been, and right. And, and now you have the final first pick. So look who came out on top in the end. I guess I did. From that angle, I won't fight it. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens at Cincinnati. you got to pump that positivity into Mark and then just see what comes back out. I think I'm trying to be as positive <laughs> as possible in this situation. I'm going to go Ravens at Bengals. Uh, you know, it. this was a strange game the last time they played. I think it was a different version of this Bengals team before they started to become the Bengals that we really believed in down the stretch. It's obviously, um, you know, we can't measure this at all, but it's a strange situation for I think Cincinnati to even take the field again. I, it's just, it's 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 been such a weighty and heavy week for them. Um, at the same time, I think they showed us what a tight team they are and their coaching staff. I think I think so much more of who they are person to person for how they led through this. Uh, you're playing a Ravens team to me that you know it sounds like. No Lamar Jackson. He's not practicing again on Thursday here. Rap Sheet told Pat McAfee that basically the Ravens are confident that Lamar Jackson will return for the playoffs. So maybe it's just like, Mm. let's rest him again. We don't know exactly what's going on there. It's been 32 days as of today that he's not 
practiced or appeared in a game. And so this is not. I like they, to have rap sheet sprinkles in these little uh, pops on McAfee. Like he, like, like he, he knows it's going to get out there. I know. I'm saying that's a good move, but like maybe can he not say that exactly on NFL Network because it's more of like a feeling. More yeah, of like a I mean, I think it's got it. I don't think it's just a feeling. I would imagine it's coming from sources, some sources. Yeah, but it's like if you're going to go star on a different vehicle. If it doesn't come from the Washington Post, I'm not interested. Well, that's that's an accurate way to approach life there, Dan. I don't know. Like, without Lamar Jackson, I mean, they were a, a bit of a messy passing offense before he left, but they have averaged 11 fewer points per game with Tyler Huntley in there. And I, I, I'm a little disappointed in Huntley because I thought what we saw last year was like a backup who kind of fit what they do and was adequate, and he's really been a huge mess. And I think part of it is, like you saw last week, where he had like a 10 10 targets caught and 100 yards to Mark Andrews, and the rest of the offense, passing-wise, totaled 30 yards. They can run the ball real well. I don't really think that what you're looking at here with Cincinnati, if they play up to speed, the Ravens' defense is very good. I just think Cincinnati is not going to fold here. They're too powerful. My one concern, because we didn't really see this, obviously, with what happened in the Bengals game, is that you still don't have Lyle Collins for the rest of this season, and Hakeem Adeniji, who we've talked about, who was a villain down the down the stretch for them on that offensive line, is playing a major a role at this point. Yes, well, he was a he villainous struggled. character. He I struggled. Mean, Maybe not a not personality wise. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. Player, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yes. PFF wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it should not be uh, left unnoted that once again, Greggy, uh, the Baltimore defense, which has been the best thing they've had all season, let down in a big spot <laughs> on Sunday Night Football when they needed to get one stop against Pittsburgh. Uh, they would have won that game at the end. I know they were good overall in that game, but this is now you can count maybe on one hand. It might be up to four or five games at this point where the defense had a chance to close a game out and could not do it. In this case, it could end up costing them the division because, again, going back to the uncertain nature of things, and again, as we tape this, things could change. It's fluid, but the Ravens are 10-6. and The Bengals are 11-4. and If the Bengals don't make up that last game uh, and let's say the Ravens win – uh, on Sunday, they finish 11 and six. Uh, Bengals 11 and five. Ravens sweep the head-to-head series, but it won't matter because the Bengals would have a better win percentage. That would not be the case if they took care of business on Sunday right. against the, Pittsburgh. The the great likelihood is the Bengals have already won the AFC North. the The expectation, the reporting is that, and this is from the Associated Press, that the game between the Bengals and Bills will not be made up for. And they're trying to figure out what else to do. As of this taping, it'll be clarified. But that would make the Bengals um, the division champ. And it's interesting because if they they would actually have probably played this game later if they knew that when they adjust and when they said this time. But it doesn't matter because it affects the Chargers game. The Chargers have already said they will – rest their starters if the Ravens lose early because then they will not be playing for seeding. The Lamar Jackson thing is really interesting to me because it's so similar to last year and they said it wasn't going to be similar to last year. And same thing. It, it, it's, yeah. it's really been the same thing. I don't think Huntley's been a mess, Mark. I think he's played fine. I like It's just this whole thing is a mess. I, I think he's played as one of the best, better backups in the league and – they they just have a slow moving offense. He he makes some good plays each week. He he's not going to make a difference. And there's no reason to think that the Ravens defense, which maybe is a little bit better than the Bengals defense, maybe like is going to be that big of a difference maker when the difference between the Bengals offense and the Ravens offense is this gigantic 
chasm. The the only thing that is an X factor, as you mentioned, that you know we have to talk about, and there's no way to know, is just the effects of this last week. And I thought it was Joe Burrow really open and honest about it, saying like, look, if you ask people in the locker room if they even wanted to play this week, and this was on Wednesday, and I think as each day goes by, right. the players are saying it, they, they're feeling better, it feels different, that they would have been mixed on it. That right. like right. Even, even he felt mixed on it. Like that they might not be ready to play again totally. And so it's just going to be an unprecedented scene um, for them and, and especially for the I mean, Bills. they're going through something that we've never, no teams really had to deal with, two teams. And we'll get to the other team in just a minute. But just one more thing on Lamar, because the initial reporting last month now, or about four weeks ago, was that he would be back week 16, which was Christmas Eve. That didn't happen. And then he wasn't back last week. And then he's on the sideline on Sunday Night Football with like, as reported by people on the scene, with a hitch in his step, Mm -hmm. um, still just being on the sideline. And now it looks like he's not going to practice and play in week 18, potentially. And you wonder, like, first of all, what was the status of the knee injury? Did it? Ha- did he have a setback? Also, you think about his contract status, Greggy, and and where where he might be mentally as he enters the most important financial um, uh, period window of his life. How he's playing this? Well, and why would we suddenly? I mean, this who's suggesting there's a large confidence that six or seven days from now, if if he's walking with a hitch and he's not practicing at all, that he's going to suddenly mm. be ready for a playoff well, game. It's, it's Ian. Ian is that person. So I, maybe, He also reported the the uh, Week 16 return as well, didn't he, Ian? Yeah, and you do wonder if that's like the That's fe- what he's being told. So fe- I just, I mean, what, right. what are the Ravens saying right. here? Is, it, you know, is that like, the feeling from the team? I, I just wonder how the Ravens are going to approach this game too. Like, do they – if they know they can't win the division – do they care about winning the five seed versus the six seed? Now, I think they should. You would play at the AFC South winner instead of at Cincinnati, Kansas City, or Buffalo. That's a pretty big difference. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. But Very I don't know difference. if they'll look at it that way. They don't feel like a team, like the Ravens under Harbaugh are not a sit and rest everyone type of team yeah. or rest major. And I respect the Jaguars and what they've been building the last six weeks or so, but I'm sending That's a huge me difference to yeah. Jacksonville Absolutely. if I have the opportunity. All right, let's talk about the other uh, team that was involved in Monday night, the Bills. That will be my pick. Patriots at Bills. Um, Buffalo entered week 17 as the number one seed. We'll see if even with a win um, in week 18, whether they stay that way because there's a potential here where the Chiefs end up with a higher winning percentage if they don't make up Monday night. So keep that in mind. Um, so the Bills, though, still have a chance at the number one seed if they take care of business against the Pats, who also – I nobody really wants to see, other than Patriots fans, the Pats in the playoffs. But I kind of respect, Greg, the stubbornness that they might just get there to spite us. They might, they might punch their ticket. They need to win. Obviously, uh, you don't know what t- version of Buffalo – you're going to get in this game. Joe Burrow said the Cincinnati players, some players are split on even wanting to play. You, can you even imagine uh, what DeMar Hamlin's actual team is feeling right now as they begin preparation for an a- AFC East rivalry game with their opponent pl- playing for their um, postseason lives? It, it it creates a complete unknowable situation once again, how the, the Bills respond and what version of the team shows up. And for the Patriots, they can only play their opponent and it, it could it could work in purely football terms in their favor because they are the, they are the inferior team, but they have an opportunity here to get the Bills at a time that's a very uncertain time around what I think is the best team in the AFC. I, I thought it was telling um, in some 
press availability uh, or uh, some sourced reports, one, one by Jeremy Fowler, that when DeMar Hamlin's dad addressed the Bills team via Zoom, that like it really galvanized the team. Mm. That they felt like they were able to smile after that. Like that, that they cheered as if it was like winning the Super Bowl, listening to the dad, hearing him be um, lighthearted at some moments and just positive, and that they almost like felt like, okay, now we can move on. There's there's just no way this scene is gonna be unlike anything else. So it's it's hard to know how much to put that into this game, but I know that these teams aren't even. I know that the Bills absolutely own the Patriots, that the last three games, including the game this year, were so one-sided. It it didn't look like they were playing the same sport practically. And I do think there are elements that are a little different this time around. I think the Bills offensive line, the Bills offense has a few cracks in the armor and the Patriots defense is certainly rushing the passer. Well, Christian Barmer, they're different, but they're pretty banged up in the secondary too, where like maybe the bills defense, the Patriots defense can keep the score down. So it's not embarrassing, but I don't see any reason to believe in a normal situation that the Patriots offense isn't going to blow this game two or three different times. And that ultimately the bills win comfortably. Right. I mean, they've not matched up well with Buffalo two years in a row, and this Buffalo team is essentially the same team in many ways. And I, I just feel your point, Greg, about his father speaking to them and then that the fact that we're getting positive news, that we are in a different place than we were a couple days ago, that doesn't mean that for a number of people it won't be an element of trauma to returning to the field at all. But you're in Buffalo. I think you're going to get a crowd that is like as loving and supportive and galvanized as you're going to see all season long. I think the Bills are the type of team that will feed off of that. And I think there's a very human element to this game. And mm-hmm. I think from an on-field perspective, New England just does not scare you on offense on any level. So the Bills need to do just enough on that side of the ball, their offense. And I think you got Josh Allen, who owns this team. Um, you know, I think it's a great place for Stefan Diggs, who hasn't had 100-yard games since Week 10, to regalvanize his connection with Allen. He was on Allen. his way on Monday night. Sure. You could tell the way that game was setting up that he was going to have a monster game mm. I think game they're determined to make Cincinnati. that happen yeah. again before the playoffs. And so I just think this is a thing where it's going to be a process the next couple of days. But Buffalo, this is the team you want to be playing in Week 18 to go into the playoffs and reset the board here a little bit from an on-field football that's, perspective. That's an amazing fan base, obviously, in general. But that is going to be, in Western New York, a very special uh, raucous vibe, and you sure. can imagine they 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 could even have some, you know, pregame visitors involved in terms of getting the crowd amped, connected to Demar. Like that's going to be a great scene to watch. There were a couple of key injury updates in this game. Jack Jones had been put on IR, which I don't know if we had mentioned, you know, for the Patriots. And Marcus Jones is still out of practice, so they're mm. down a couple cornerbacks. They sounds like they will get back Jalen Mills. He's limited. Uh, Jacoby Myers, who got hurt late in that game on on the touchdown catch, is limited. They might get back Devontae Parker, and then Teron Johnson, who took that vicious hit early in that Bengals game, uh, who's a really right, important injury, player yeah. for them with the concussion, is back. Uh, at practice too. And there is a scenario, Dan, yes. and it's not that far fetched that the Patriots lose 
and make the playoffs. It's pretty simple. They're in the spot right now. If everyone loses, they, they in. stay in the spot. And so, well, we know we lose if that. Happens. Yeah, I think so that's because, not. The, and it might be a rematch of this game again too, which you, which no one in New England certainly would want. Uh, but yeah, it would be the, it would be the Patriots losing, the Dolphins losing, the Steelers losing, and the Jaguars winning because they need the Jaguars. But that is that not unusual. that highly yeah. improbable. No. No. Buffalo take care of business. We shall see if they do. Uh, and and one more note on the Pats. Same same as it ever was with this team. They will have one drive where they look functional. Mm-hmm. It will be a 80-yard uh, touchdown drive at some point in the game. Just one. They'll need the defensive score again. They've gotten seven of them this year. So they'll need a defensive or special team score. And then Josh Allen's going to have to make some mistakes. That's that's the path to an upset. It is also, if you're Mac Jones, your last chance to have a meltdown on the sideline on national television. You're gonna. It's your last chance to kind of explode at your coordinating duo of message. clown car coaches. You know. All right, let's take a break, and the draft will roll on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. no we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs. Yeah. And <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys 
This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Here we go. Week 18 preview. We are to the third pick of the draft and Greggy Rosenthal. Did anyone ever actually call you Greggy before Dan in an actual serious sense? I mean, I don't know how anyone can call me Greggy in a serious sense. (laughs) Oh, I'm dead serious. Um, My mom did sometimes. All right. Dad. Well, then you're connecting Later. back to his that's early, to be connected his to. early childhood. Yeah, that's, I would just say so basically that, the, the two most important figures in his life, aside yeah. from his wife and children. Yeah, it, it and my mom, and then my father figure, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even throw a beside. I don't need to qualify with a beside. Oh, the, you, the direct you, family. I'm saying you could be higher than than you even think in that pecking I, order. It was a presumption on my part, and I shouldn't have done it. All right, maybe ca- sandwich in between the two children in there in the rankings. I don't know. My beautiful Greggy. Go ahead, buddy. All right, you took Patriots Bills. I'm going to take the Jets. I'll take the Jets Dolphins. Why not? Um, it's the only game that's interesting early. You're trying to hurt me? No, <laughs> but it's the only one that's left uh, that's any good early. So it doesn't, I'll take it doesn't it. track as a must-watch for the old Zeuser on right. Sunday. It's a bit of a depressing time on yeah. that front. I just want something that is um, important for sure. uh, playoff implications and I am interested in this game. I want to I really want Teddy Bridgewater to play it. I just feel like that's a better game than Skylar Thompson playing it. Uh we will get Mike White again. It's not going to be Zach. Remember that was a cool thing? Yeah, maybe that. It can uh, be again. He really struggled a week ago. Um and if he plays like that again, that's going to hurt uh his money, I think in the off season. But if he gets back to being the Mike White uh, that you think, there's a lot of reasons to believe the Jets can win this game. They're, both teams are really banged up. Uh, the, the Jets could be short a couple offensive linemen, but the Dolphins are, are in worse shape. Teron Armstead, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard, and of course Tua, you know, four of their very best players are all still out of practice here, and they have a chance to, to make the playoffs. They did not match up well against the Jets uh, last time. And uh, I don't know. Like, I've, be- I've believed in the Jets too much. I'm really struggling with uh, who to pick in this game, Dan. Yeah. It's interesting because I've been so wrong on the Jets. Why have right. I been so you, high on the two high on the why. Jets? Here's why. Because psychological you. warfare you're a, against you're a Dan. Former, you're a former or still Patriots fan. But because of what your picks and the things you do connected to this network, um, Game day you, view. You've we, gotten we, a little taste track. of Jets fandom this year where sometimes it doesn't even make sense. Sometimes the only thing that makes sense when it's all over and the carnage is through is the Jets blew it. And it's like, oh, well, they blew it again. They lost five in a row and whatever. Uh, but this year it didn't feel like this was going to happen with this team. But, yeah, there are a lot of things that have happened, and, and it's the defense that – was playing perhaps over its head for a large portion of the season, or you know maybe some things and injuries kind of brought them down a little bit. Uh, but once they started playing at closer to a league average level, it really uh, left them vulnerable because the offense has really gone in the tank. I think maybe you're right. Maybe with the pressure off of Mike White a little bit now, and 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 the team perhaps not feeling as much stress now that they're eliminated. You'll see them play at a higher level, but I also have watched enough Jets football to, to see this game over by the end of the first quarter, and they just pack it in. And then there are a lot of questions about what is the future I of mean, this team the, going forward. The, Mike White, like when he's been good and when the offense has been functional, he's been a great story. But it was always a bit of a pipe dream to think that he we right. suddenly unearthed this guy that's going to throw for 400 yards every week. I mean, 
mean, he even even like last year when he had his chances to start, it was a roller coaster. And this offense in general has been a roller coaster. And I, but he was just off last week, and maybe it was he, the Reds. He was, but I'm not convinced, number one, yeah. he was totally healthy. Like, I mean, he suffered such punishment when he last played before that. But, yeah, but you're going to get that game from Mike White. I think, honestly, it's probably more honest for the Jets to go into the offseason with a clear idea that they don't have a quarterback. I don't know why Robert Sala, who I think has done a great job in general, needs to insist in that, you know, in quotes that through hell or high water, they're going to stick with Zach Wilson. Just don't say it. Like, you don't need to say anything at this point. Like, you have the right as a coaching staff to completely clear the deck after this because this well, AFC he is East. Being asked the question. Yeah, I get it's that. Just, but it's just it's like, just it's, just, it's, it's just a I mean, little it's too nonsense, much. But I, I don't mind him doing that at all. He's sticking up for his player. He's getting that it, question if, to every press right, conference. If that, well, like it, I said if, before, I think that, like, in yeah. la- it, that he's stood by Wilson. I, I do admire that. I just think it's just le- kind of let him alone. He also said, like, he basically told Zach Wilson, get away from football, go read books. And just well, clear Lafleur, your head. Lafleur like, also said they probably shouldn't have played Wilson last year. I don't think they're really yeah. sticking by him. I think publicly they're doing a good job trying to keep the media off him. Right. Sticking by him is like having him play this game. Right. I mean, it's a meaningless game, and he's not even playing. He's not even going to be third string. Look, these two teams are competing collapses here. It's incredible to think where the Dolphins are and that they've lost five games in a row. They weren't able to run the ball last week against the Patriots. I thought that was really important for them. And I don't know if they're going to be able to this week, but Jets defense hasn't been as good. I went and looked up kind of the the efficiency metrics during these five-game losing streaks. Mm-hmm. They're both like bottom eight offenses. Like Jets were 28th, Miami was 26th. And even if you took out the Zach Wilson games, the Jets are still like a bottom six offense in this losing streak. Uh, and the Dolphins are terrible offensively too. The surprising part for me was like the Jets defense was 12th. Like they've been fine, but yeah. they just haven't been dominant. Special. This is a game that, that in theory you could dominate the way that the Dolphins have Well, been we've seen up. cracks in their defense. The way, when Skylar Thompson started back in week five, they romped the Dolphins. It was 40-17. to 17. I, Two different teams at this point, but they've both fallen off a cliff. Yeah, that was a close game for three quarters, and then it got away Here's from the thing. Miami. You hate, you, I know Jets fans, they don't like the Dolphins. And – you're, I'm not saying you guys are the Lions here trying mm. to cap off a season. It's it's disappointing regardless. But I really think if you know if the Dolphins win this game, they're probably going to the playoffs. All they need is the Patriots to lose to the Bills. And so this is a big game for the Jets can knock yeah. out the and Dolphins. Sala can do it to his friend Mike McDaniel. He yeah, said he'd rather be on a beach with him a week from not, not seeing the Dolphins in the playoffs. Knock so. out the Dolphins. I'm sure there's like uh, you know 35,000 feet above the ground Jets fans that are like, oh, lose the game, get in the top 10 in the, in the draft and all that. Nah. No. Let's end the season. That overall was a, a positive one, um, uh, and then turned sour with a, a, a nice win. The well, one, the one thing that the Jets need to figure out is, and this is carrying over through the regimes, um, they need to figure out how to identify and develop a quarterback. They cannot do it. They have. N- they've gotten bad luck as is part of the Jets story as well. They've never fallen into a Burrow or a Herbert or a Lawrence in all of these years of struggles. Um, but they need to take a closer look at how they do this because I don't think they handled Wilson right. He was raw. He was green as it gets, and they threw him right into the mix. Maybe it's time to start taking a closer look at how you do this or just stuff. Don't, maybe don't do it through the draft again. Just find a veteran out there that you can trust. There's a lot of them out there. there, aren't, well, there I thought you there, made a good point last week, Mark, about you know the Jets shouldn't or the fan base shouldn't just say, go get Derek Carr and everything's fine. But again, it's like, which way do you go? Do you go get the you do both. The, the slightly? Do you, both. Do you yeah, use a tr- first-round pick on a quarterback and get Derek Carr? Maybe. Know. Well, then, you're, then yeah, Joe Douglas maybe. is on a ticking or clock. A if second, he picks yeah. another quarterback that doesn't essentially shine immediately. They're all he, on a ticking yeah, clock next year. He is year. anyways. Yeah. He is anyways. All right. All right. I'm going to take go uh, the Rams 
Seahawks as a late game. There's not really a great uh, 425 slate. In 420, when I, man. When I saw that it's my guy, Geno Smith, and then all our guy, <laughs> all Mark Santos. Our guy. I don't know. It's our guy. I don't know why I said Our collective all. guy. He was my guy before he was It's our guy, our guy uh, Sanchez, on the call. That's a good way to cap the season nice. here. And it's probably the last Seahawks game of the year, so I can just enjoy it. You know, and uh, why do you say that? You're presuming that the, could the, be a the playoff Packers team. win on you pick the Lions. It's true. If my picks are right, it's it, going to be annoying be. if the Lions have a great emotional win on Sunday Night Football. But the Seahawks, who have had a nice season, all due respect, are the team that ends up going to the playoffs. And but Greg, that is very possible. Greg, here. just to let you know, your picks aside, like Earth <laughs> might suggest that Seattle goes to the playoffs, not just what you Earth. picked. Like, good. I did. I guess I said that because if you just look at the percentages, you need two results to happen. Uh, it's more likely that they don't go to the playoffs. That's they have an under fifty percent chance. Because I also don't totally hand them this win. I think that's the that's the part of the equation that Seahawks fans, when they're talking about the Sunday night football, haven't been focused on. But Sean McVay's generally owned Pete Carroll. I do put something into these division matchups, and I think you can only look four weeks ago to the matchup where the Seahawks had to win with a last second touchdown to beat the Rams who were starting John Wolford that day and say like, okay, there's something here in terms of the matchups that like, this isn't some incredible mismatch. The good thing is Seattle's defense has played better again the last couple of weeks. I just don't know what to think of this defense. Maybe it's just unpredictable. It's game plan specific. They had Al Woods back, which you wouldn't think like makes all the difference, but he's been really good stopping the run and that that makes um, everything else look a little better. I definitely picked the Seahawks in this game. They're home. Geno Steady. Ken Walker's out there kind of looking like Saquon Barkley. That's who he reminds me of a lot. Like that lateral thing and the fact that he'll mm. take big losses and kind of go sideways looking for the big play. But you know what? He finds the big play. Hey, you know what? That's actually a pretty good nickname for Geno this year. Geno Steady. I was looking at him because yeah, he's got he 29 is. touchdowns, by the way. He throws one more and he joins, let me get this right, Dave Craig. And Russell Wilson is the only Seattle quarterbacks ever to throw 30 in a season. Um, I was going through his game log uh, this week before, uh, doing power rankings. And he, he had a streak at one point like of like seven straight games where he threw exactly two touchdowns. Like he has been a guy that – and I, I – mean, especially what I've witnessed with my team this year. Man, there's something of true value to have a guy like you kind of know what your quarterback's going to give you. He's not going to be Mahomesian, uh, but he's also not going to lay eggs. And, and, and that's what Geno's been – for them this year. I want to now hashtag analysis, Mark. This is some real football guy analysis. All right. Baker Mayfield has been the quarterback of the Rams for four weeks now. Okay. Uh, the first week, fun Baker. The second week, regular or bad Baker. The third week, fun Baker. The fourth week, regular slash bad Baker. Fifth week feels like fun Baker. I think, I think what a better way for what Baker Mayfield to see how I'm doing on and off. On yeah, and off. I mean, he's been an, he's been up and down everywhere yeah. he's been, and it's like the ups with the Rams have been better than any other ups. So why not finish the year this way? One I don't love for them in general is that I think like Cam Akers, another guy who has been on a roller coaster ride uh, in the doghouse, suddenly being used extensively penthouse. in the penthouse now. So it's the yeah. same thing, the up and the down. The Seahawks run defense, which was a disaster for so long, they have not allowed 
80 plus yards on the ground in four straight weeks. So it's the Al Woods thing. It's who knows, but they're much better. That was like, you still see it's like, oh, they're 30th in rushing. Well, they haven't been in the last quarter of the Mm. season. So that like, if you put Baker Mayfield into a situation where he's got to throw, I think the last week he really struggled in like typical easier quick passes, which you see Baker Mayfield just miss on on short yardage throws where it could really help the Rams. And he's done better at like, Improbable throws downfield. So I, I, the one thing I love about Geno Smith, this would be the most poetic end to the year, and he's going to do this, barring disaster. He needs 151 passing yards to pass Russell Wilson for the single-season franchise record in yardage. <laughs> crazy. I love that. I guess he gets an extra game, but still. Well, who's, who cares about that? And they I never think let Russ like, cook. They let Geno cook. I mean, I think it's amazing, an amazing way to end if, it for him. If the Titans shock the Jags on Saturday, I'll be – kicking myself I didn't lock up Gino in a big spot Do it. here against a Do bad it. Rams team. Do it. Do it. You're constantly wrestling with the locks and we're I all just, we're, I like to give you my internal mind. I know, I didn't I I definitely need it. Uh, uh winning. By the way, uh the West Bros, Nick Wessling. It's really Nick at this point. Um, who we almost heard from Monday night, but we will hear from him at some point during the Cincinnati upcoming playoff run. Uh locked up the Seahawks, by the way. Look at so that. All right, moving on. Back to the Zeuser, huh? The old Zeuser, the God of Bongo. I will take first first week all season. I don't think you've had the Jets. It is, it is. They're Sorry my favorite team. You, uh, you you left me no other good. No no good no. Choices I there. in no way do and I have eliminated. any issue with that. Yeah, they're eliminated. Still watch them if you. In want. no way do I take issue with it. No umbrage taken. Thanks, Dad. Umbrage, <laughs> umbrage. I will take uh, the Giants at the Eagles. And uh, it's not a a game I'm, like, on fire about because, uh, well, look at the rest of the games. Not a lot of great meat on the bone at this point um, from a narrative standpoint. We'll get to narrative in just a second, by the way. Mm. The Giants are locked into the sixth seed. Doesn't matter what happens against the Eagles here. So there's a very good chance they're going to rest players. Certainly it behooves them to give Saquon a blow here and not have him get a lot of workload with the playoffs coming up. Uh, Daniel Jones coming off arguably the best game of his career. Um, he's going to want to tune up, but maybe he doesn't play either. He doesn't play a lot. I don't know. If there's an update on that end, I apologize for not already knowing. There isn't. Okay, good. Actually, Dables, he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't say. He's changed his tune, though. Immediately after the game, he's like, everyone's playing. And then he was like, oh, we'll decide on Friday. So I think I think it's trending I think towards even not if, playing. Even if they start, I think you're going to see early pulling you out of there. Like, give them rest, you know, especially Saquon. So here's why this game, though, is compelling to me. I got to see the Eagles play well here going into the playoffs. That was woof. I watched that game on Monday, the Saints-Eagles game, and I was like, oh, woof. Mm-hmm. Woof, woof, woof. That first half was grisly by Philadelphia, and I understand Jalen Hurts is out of the lineup, and I understand he's trending towards playing in this game. Uh, which makes a lot of sense to me, especially because they still haven't locked up the number one seed. Um, but they had uh, 61 total yards in the first half against the Saints. And I know the Saints are playing better now, but come on. They didn't have their first first down in the game until 12 seconds remained in the contest. The Saints outplayed them in every phase at the link. And then, of course, they get back in the game and then... It gets washed away on a, a hideous pick six by Gardner Minshew. Great play by Marshawn Lattimore, of course, but that was not a good throw or a good decision by the backup QB. So Philly, go have a good get-right game. Jalen Hurts, get through the game with that shoulder feeling good. 
grab the number one seed once and for all, and then feel good about yourself as you head into the bye to get fully healthy. I mean, it would be, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, like we just assumed the Eagles would win one of these games and do what they needed to do. And there was a lot of, especially the Dallas game, gave you hope that Gardner Minshew would right. not last take a step back. Last week they were quote-unquote quote supposed to win that right. game. And they, the Dallas and they looked, game, maybe not. Last week was surprising. But the Dallas game was so, I came out of that thinking, oh, well, their offense won't change that much with Minshew. And it completely changed week ago. I think that like the... The idea that he was sacked six times by the Saints, um, the Lane Johnson absence matters, whether it's Hurts or Minshew. I, I tend to think that they're going to be on offense fine when, once Hurts comes back. I just do. I think that you've still got all the same weapons there. The Lane Johnson thing concerns me, but it would be an epic collapse to not beat a giant team that probably will be resting a variety of players left and right. you got to handle it because to come out of this as the number two seed or some situation where the Cowboys wind up as the number one, which is especially unappealing if you're an Eagles fan, is about as ugly a narrative, Dan, as you could finish the season well, with. Narrative. Forget narrative. How about reality? You'd be the five seed on the road well, next week. Well, a lot of Cowboys <laughs> narratives and everything else. It's not happening, it. though. I mean, this this thing should be a total did, did, did you think they were going to lose to bath. the Saints? This is different. The Giants are worse than the Saints' IMO. and uh, hmm, Another IMO from you. <laughs> also, come on now. Uh, worse played, than the Saints? Giants right are now. playing really good football no. right now. They a, they, but more importantly, the Giants, I don't think, are going to be playing to win 42 this. 42 and 46. Think I, about it, I don't think they're going to be playing to win this game. Well, that matters the more. The Eagles absolutely waxed this same Giants team. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, they're 14-point favorites because, uh, because of that. Because we know the Giants. The Eagles got juice right now? What is that? Is there mean? a juice deficiency right now? I feel there's a little bit of a juice deficiency. They bring the juice back, though, this week. Okay. You're they probably also, right. They probably have right. C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Robert Quinn, not this week, but they are looking like they're going to come back for the playoffs, too. Gardner-Johnson right. matters a lot. They've right. given they, up the one of the worst passer ratings around without him. Yeah, and Avante Maddox, too. So those are two guys in the middle of the defense. Uh, no, it's it's totally about the, that the Giants don't have anything to play for, and sure. I think they could be playing. Um, who is their backup right now? Tyrod? Tyrod. Danny oh, Cannell. It's a good backup. And Danny Cannell, who I think they've just signed off of. Um, he's working in the construction site in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> I think he made his money in the 90s. Um, uh, speaking of narratives. Two decades ago. Uh, people were on some level on Twitter a little surprised that we didn't get after Kayvon Thibodeau too hard uh, after the Snow Angel incident and, um, you know, gave it to him a little bit. Um, we our, don't need our to. Our old friend. Um, but... <sighs> I thought he was showing his ass a little bit this week. Here is Kayvon talking about Jeff Saturday's comments about uh, the sack celebration and, and the uh, go-to-sleep gesture on the sideline uh, by Kayvon. Jeff Saturday, interim coach of the Colts, said it was trash and uh, not classy. And here was Kayvon Thibodeau's response to the media. Who, that's what I'm saying, who's the gatekeeper of when to do something? So once we figure out who the gatekeeper is, then we can write the rules and then we can establish, you know, the narratives and things like that. But until, you know, you guys actually are in the sport and do it and be in that moment, you can't create a narrative on it, you know? Well, we're not creating a narrative on it. The guy, the other team's coach had a problem and he's the guy who played the game. The That's other team's saying. players I don't know, I don't had know a who problem he is. with it. No, I just don't know who, like, anybody who commented on it, unless I know who they are, doesn't really affect me. That's it. <laughs> uh, that sound is courtesy of SNY. <laughs> Um, he, he sounds I love, like I kinda love it. he lives in his own bubble, Kayvon. And you could say you love it, but it's like Jeff Saturday is a, a four-time All-Pro. 
um, a six-time Pro Bowler. He's a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, but I've seen a lot of people kind of bring all that stuff up. Do you really think the majority of players know who the hell Jeff no, Saturday is? What, what I'm you, saying is— Do you have to approach it that way? My point is, Greg, is that it just feels like to me that Kayvon Thibodeau kind of lives in his own world, and if you aren't in Kayvon's world, you don't really matter. And and it shows a lack, I think, to me— of kind of understanding of, of where he stands. I thought it was interesting that the center, the current center of the Colts um, took Kayvon to task on Sunday after the game saying, hey, man, like injuries are part of the game and he'll learn that one day that you, it's not something you ever celebrate. And then I think especially in light of what happened Monday night, like with De- De- uh, Hamlin, it's just like, man, you got to show a little more awareness about what the, the context of the world is. And I just, my radar is up now a little bit on Thibodeau who's a, a fantastically talented young player. But I wonder when things aren't going to, when there's a time when things aren't going well for the Giants or maybe there's uh, some uh, contract stuff going on. If he's one of those guys that starts bouncing around the league despite being very talented. Yeah, would like not surprise I, I don't me. like want to waste too much energy being like the behavior police and you can go say whatever you want. You can treat your career and how you're viewed by people that, people don't know Jeff Saturday. People also don't know Kayvon Thibodeau. And they're learning about him week by week. And, like, he's crafting how we learn about him. And he's making that decision. So, good. You're going to live with it. Because I just what- mean, like, what What do I want? What do we want out of our sports players? I want not villains, but I want characters. I want 22-year-olds that are incredibly confident, like, in a jackass. I couldn't, can't imagine what... There is a difference between being confident and being a jackass. Right, but There's I a line there. I can't imagine what we would have been like at 22 years old with a microphone. And so the fact that he reminds me of like ravishing Rick Rude, like just because he's so confident, doesn't want to hear about it. I don't mind because it's not that serious. A- acting on the field, how he, like I, I get that. But him clapping back in the media that he doesn't know Jeff Saturday, that part I kind of well, like because it's but, not that serious. But the root of it, it's I, I, I'm not saying it's overly serious. And like, I don't, listen, it, go do what you want, like I said. But it, the root of it was celebrating a sack next to a player that looked like he was in another universe. And so that, that in the, you know, I don't know. Especially that you, in the context of this week, that then this I mean, was that, his, this not week to happened move off after it, that, but like, not, what, you know, not to move off it this week and, and just kind of move on from it to instead like dig in his heels. I just, it just shows that to- he is very young, a lack of self-awareness yeah. and a lack of maturity. I mean, and Greg, Dan and I had the, like Dan and I like, you know, Right. We were taking a task for, you know, like not being great interviewers and stuff. Well, it's like I'm not saying we were. I just but, mean you know, like, like like you're right, a lack of maturity. But like, of course, like I almost can, you know, he's 22 years old. Of course, a lack of maturity. And I and when I just try to keep in mind, like when it comes to athletes, what do we want? I don't want them to all just be robots. We always say that. So I kind of I don't mind when it's not too serious. All right, well, we're going to lose. The, there's going to be a big chunk of people that are going to be like, Greg's super cool. and like, uh, like Greg is so you know. understanding of, of the youth culture. Why would? Why would? Why are you thinking of that? Why uh, are you thinking uh, of why that? Why would you? I mean, he's, he's listen, he's young and he's ravishing Rick Rude, and that's why I like my athletes. All right. I'm not saying he it's should a, be out of the league. Right. For or for John. And can, I say craft <laughs> be, your own career the way you want. We all have that be choice. Be a dude. But I, I, I and other people get to say, oh, I don't like that vibe. It's just like, come on, dude. There's just. You can say whatever you want. It's your show, Dad. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're here already. No, you we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we didn't the problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back. Mark, you are up next in the draft. All right. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. The Steelers, and it's I'm not doing it because of Cleveland, by the way. Pittsburgh, who I've been tracking this for a while, just thinking this whole idea that Mike Tomlin's going to end up with a winning record after all they've been through, um, it's happening. They're going to knock off the Browns on Sunday, and number one, I'll get this out of the way. I am ultra confident about the fact that it will happen. I am locking up the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what? I'm, d- I'm going to do it until, they, until they're taken Good. out of the league because <laughs> this team will not be denied right now. There's something special about the Steelers team. They'll be unwatchable on offense for two-plus quarters, and then Kenny Pickett weeks in a row. It's like I don't think Kenny Pickett is a perfect quarterback, but for where he is at his career as a rookie, it's pretty amazing what he's done. And just sort of like the vi- we talked about the vibe of Kayvon, the vibe of Kenny Pickett to me is like, I'm going to put the Steelers team on my back when it matters at the end of a game. This entire offense is developing and growing. They're a much different team than the one that faced the Browns on Thursday Night Football earlier in the year. They can run the ball well now. You can run on the Cleveland Browns. They can, they, I think, through the air, Pickett's going to do something every game with Pickens, DeAndre. And like they're, uh, this team to me is a team that like is going to be in the conversation. They have a chance at the playoffs. I think Cleveland is is ripe for the picking in this situation defensively. The Browns 
with Defon- with Deshaun Watson, they that second half was a pivot for them on offense because if you look at their first half, Deshaun had like four sacks and three completions. They were an absolute mess, and you started to see it down the stretch. So if you get that for a full game, that will be a challenge. But if you look at the Steelers' defense, and it's not just because T.J. Watts on the field necessarily, but they were essentially seven, one and six without him. And they're seven two, seven and two since they've allowed seventeen or fewer points in six straight games. That's the longest streak for this Steelers defense, which has been awesome for as long as we've known mm. each other. The longest streak for them since two thousand and four. It's legit. They're real. I think they can shut down Cleveland. I think they're playing for something. They're playing for a lot. They're coached themselves. Their playoff chances. And I just like the way they developed over this year. It's great coaching. I agree. I think we could see him in the playoffs next week. So all they need is the Dolphins to lose against the Jets. I give the Jets a slight edge in that game if Teddy's out. And then the Patriots to lose. And then That's very Steelers possible, win, right? and they're in. So yeah. Steelers, I think they'd be a more fun playoff team. They are playing better, I think, than the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, right now, Kenny Pickett pulls off a lot of like low-percentage plays, which is not what you necessarily expected out of him. Um, he's been inconsistent, but has a knack for it. They're very similar teams. The Browns defense is playing better. Both teams can run. Certainly only one is Nick Chubb. I think the difference is like you expected Watson to make some sort of positive difference. And I keep hearing like, well, he's just coming back and played football in two years. This five game stretch he's had is worse than any five game stretch he's ever played football. I mean, by far since we've ever seen him. Going back to well, Clemson. did he miss 700 days at any stretch before that? No, but you also gave him the contract of better than Patrick Mahomes, better than Josh Allen. At some point, you would expect, yeah, I guess I would. I mean, I know it's a lot of time not playing football, but he's shown virtually no progress. I know that he had a couple throws in that game. It was like three or four throws. It, he had like nine completions total, and three or four of them were screens and, and dump-offs. So I don't... I would expect to see something because well, it's not like he hasn't been training. It's not like he didn't do this. Like the the bar is so yeah, but low. They, I mean, it didn't rise to your your level on this, but he did lead them on three consecutive touchdown drives in the second half. It's not like but he's when I Watson. Went, when I went but, back to watch that game, I was expecting something, and it was basically good field position and guy in a couple throws and guys making plays after the catch. There wasn't anything in particular in that game that was any better than the right. other games. I mean, you could argue the better trade the Browns made was for Amari Cooper, who has worked out and finally showed some chemistry. Wait, why do we have to have, like... Any any final judgment at any it's, level? It's not on a final the judgment, Desha- but, 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 but right why? Now. So if let's say you're, no, I just you're, mean like Jared, I think they would like it if the guy that they're paying way more than Patrick Mahomes didn't have the worst six game stretch of his career the second he came back. I, I think they would like and, that. Dan. I don't think it's well, any way yeah, like it's I mean, not a <laughs> fatal blow if he has another bad game and they go. You go into they're the off season. I mean, they, but here's the thing: like Jarrett Stidham hasn't played that much. Brock Purdy barely played. You're right. practicing. Deshaun Watson practiced for weeks and weeks before coming in here. He played in the preseason it's like right. even he just has some been on the flashes field. of like big playmaking he hasn't looked remotely like the player he was no so i think that has to be concerned but if you put, if you put together a good game and complete coming off those they weren't great greg but they were better You're than right. his if other they quarters. won this game against pittsburgh i think I, they would I, love I think that inside the building they would like that i but, think obviously they would have loved if he hit the ground running and was deshaun watson of his peak texan days and remember he's still after hit his own mess of his own creation. Let's not ever forget that. Um, 
that was just as he was essentially entering his prime. He's still a young 20-something quarterback who I think it's more likely he kind of gets back to that level than not. I don't think the Browns signed up and gave made that trade and changed the way people viewed their franchise and gave all that guaranteed money to him expecting him to be that guy this year. No, I they did Everything they is didn't. kind of built towards 2023 and beyond. So, yeah, well, I totally agree with you. He has not been good. Um, I don't see it personally as like a warning sign or something like, uh-oh, what's going on here? But I, I see the other side of it. You could look at it from that point that it has been underwhelming. There's just the another universe where two weeks in, he, he did look good. He did he did get right. up to speed. He hasn't been you know frozen in carbonite. He's He's been practicing, moving around, and operating right. and, and working with players on the team. Like how much is, you know, Jacoby Brissett plays here and there? I, I don't know. I You would just would have liked to see more. He's played like added like a total worst case scenario level. And weirdly, I feel like that's not like everyone's like kind of understanding that he's basically been Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is it. I'm I'm even I'm just surprised. What did you think of him before any of this happened as a player? That he was sort of in that five to ten yeah, top quarterback six, seven range. Quarterback. That's what the Browns obviously signed up for. And I think they're we'll and, and you're right, Dan. Like it's not a, no one's sitting around, you know, hammering the panic button. It's just that like. It go. You want to. You, I think you want to see them close out on offense on a strong note against the Steelers. A, and I get to tell nice. It's a big game for them. And to your point of them, like it, they don't have as much to play for. That was the case for them last week, and they stomped on the Commanders. Good defensive game. Uh, good complete game. I'm. Let me fast forward to the end of September. Mm-hmm. If this is still the same guy, yeah. Then I'm like, oh. Oh crap! Yeah, I think you got to. There's an issue going on here. And would there be a bit of karmic justice if that's what Deshaun Watson was now? Yes, there would be. Perhaps a bit. Uh, Mark, it's snakes to you. All right, going to pick a late game. I just want to pick a team that I'd love to watch week after week, and that's the Niners um, squaring off against a team that squaring off. I like that underrated. A matchup. uh, Sure. You know, you got to find different ways to describe what's happening at this point in the draft. Um, a team that needs to get out of our lives as quickly as possible, and that that includes on uh, home box office, like the Arizona Cardinals. Just vanish, you guys are please. still watching that? No, I'm not. I, I, I Greg, I home box Greg, office. Greg and I had a we had our <laughs> podcast that uh, we no, set I actually up, you know? did. I didn't watch the last episode, but I actually did mostly catch up. How many people that? know that HBO actually is home box office? Like what percentage? But I think now, anyone yeah. listening to this would yeah. probably be the entirety dun, of the percentage. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that song? Dun, 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 Dallas. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, is that Dallas? I yeah. thought that was the That's old HBO Dallas. theme. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. It's somewhat close, yeah, but I'm well, wrong. That, that's yeah. another great that's theme. Dallas that aired yeah. on CBS. I got to find this old <laughs> HBO theme. I mean... Go imagine ahead. if the right, Arizona forward throughout these games. We really have been <laughs> all right. Slow. But imagine if the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I get Cliff Kingsbury is he's in boiling hot water right now. Probably gone. Who knows? We don't have any strong hints at the moment. Um, but he has had to deal with four different quarterbacks. I think most coaches would be in hot water. Then you look at the Niners though, and it's like he, Shanahan's had to deal with three, and they have like a hundred passer rating no matter who's playing as a team. I mean, they've it's, it's been like a pretty incredible story for Shanahan to develop Purdy, another guy that just like all, out of nowhere, he wasn't even in the league a year ago. He's the last pick in the draft. He comes in and he's looked incredible. And I just think his chemistry with Brandon Ayuk, especially with George Kittle, Kittle has been incredible with Purdy, like five touchdowns in in the last three starts. It's more than he had for the first 14 games of the year. Their defense is on fire. I think they got a little... 
flat. They were caught a little flat-footed against Jared Stidham in the way that game went. I think if you had another, if you had a better idea like the Chiefs do of what Stidham might be doing, maybe you don't get that game again. I don't. I give them a bit of a mulligan, but from top to bottom, this Niners team, I think John Lynch deserves some credit because you were the guy that found a way after all the off-season drama to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. You needed him. You also drafted Brock Purdy. You saw something in him. I know you didn't draft him high, or you couldn't have drafted him any lower, so I'm not giving you a blue medal for that, but the Charverius Ward signing, a blue ribbon. Uh, you went out and got Dre Greenlaw extended, and you made a trade for Christian McCaffrey that changed your offense. Um, Greg, I'll ask you this. All good points, Mark. Um, because you have said that the AFC teams are all better than the Niners. Um, Which AFC teams? The top three? That's the big three. Um, hmm. Have you seen any real drop-off in this offense from Garoppolo to Purdy? No, they've been better. They've been better. Like that is interesting to me because yeah. what if the what if the quarterback play everything else San Francisco has going for it and I'm throwing out the 500 yards they gave up this past week? It happens sometimes. Yeah, football's weird. Um, if the quarterback play was better and then Debo Samuel comes back, I still I still like their chances, Greg, against anybody in the league. I just would. It's not some crazy difference. I just am making them like a right. field goal underdog when one has like a Hall of Fame level quarterback and the other doesn't. The other has Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Brock uh, Purdy's been a great he hasn't, been, he hasn't been that level though. See, so he's he's been an interesting guy where like if you look at his PFF scores, for instance, he is among the most consistent quarterbacks in the league. And he's at a really high level. It's like 69 to 79 in his grade, which for their grades is like a better than average starting quarterback, essentially somewhere in the, like the 15 to 10 range. And he's just been steady that guy every week. And that's kind of matches up with what my eyes are showing me. Like just a, a couple of throws last week. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's why he's not higher. Over, overcame that too, though. Yeah. Like, I think it's actually good to make a mistake and see how he responds. And he right. did. And that's why know? he's not like higher. That's why he's not a top 10 quarterback. And he's not like always creating his own plays like a, like a star like Jared Stidham, um, but he's very <laughs> steady. Um, and you're right. You get Debo back. It's a great, great team. This is a great spot because I think they would love to sit Christian McCaffrey for the second half of this game, play Debo Samuel for like 15 to 20 snaps, mm-hmm. but not get carried away, get like a three or four score lead uh, because they do want to win this game, but they're playing at the same uh, time uh, like I'm getting well, scrambled here. They don't I mean, really the, have if, anything. But like, if the Eagles, they have a chance at the number one seed still. Right, but they're playing at the same time. That's what I was trying to get to as the Eagles. And so they're scoreboard watching. The Eagles are playing the Giants. If that got out of hand. If, if the Eagles if, are right. up three scores sure. here. But even if the Eagles aren't up three scores, you can win this game with Jordan Mason. You don't need to give Christian McCaffrey 30, 30 carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing the worst team in the league. McCaffrey right looks as good to me as he's ever looked. He's a great player, dog. Tough. Tough ball player. Tough ball player, dog. Um, all right, let's move on. I, I'll grab um, Vikings at Bears. Uh, not a lot going on here just in terms of the matchup because Justin Fields, uh, who's got the hip, he won't play in, in Week 18. Um, so that's not happening. There's a bunch of players for Chicago out of the lineup. But you take Fields out, they lose every week anyway. Um, this is more just like a straight test for the Vikings. Um, who <laughs> can have, they win a two-score game? Yeah. Can they, yeah, can they just kick the crap out of the Bears here uh, as they must. They absolutely must. Coming off another very sobering, um, eyebrow-raising blowout loss, uh, this time to the Packers at Lambeau. Um, Just absolutely destroy the Bears. Go up by 20 at halftime. 
uh, get some guys out of the lineup, uh, set a couple team records with Jefferson or, or Cousins, get to, you know, whatever, 30 touchdowns, whatever you need to do to, to polish some things up and then sit down and then get ready for the playoffs and what's obviously going to be a first-round matchup that will be close, uh, most likely, uh, maybe even against the Giants in a rematch. Uh, so not a ton of intrigue in terms of the competition here. It should be Vikings in a roll, but I'm taking the game in part because that's not how Viking games have worked this year, so maybe we'll get another strangely, bizarrely competitive, fun game You to could. I would think that they'd need to make a ton of mistakes and have somehow Chicago's defense generate points because the drop-off from Justin Fields to Nathan Peterman is like literally insane. And I, I only I do feel that feel for Fields because he he had, I think, a legitimate chance if he had a if he went off in this game to break Lamar's ground record and that's not gonna happen. But I, I get what they're doing because Smart. like he's got a hit yeah. you know got you could tell he was banged up in that game last week and it's like why why even mess with it? Who cares about the record? Like, get him into the offseason and spend this offseason surrounding him with weapons the way that we've seen other young quarterbacks. Just look afforded. at the Lions. This team could be competitive and right. fun next year with a good offseason. He took some big hits last week. He's been playing through stuff. That said, they know they have a good chance to get that number one draft pick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Texans-Colts is a very winnable game oh, yes. for the Texans. And you get old Peterman here. Let's not have any funny business against this Vikings team. Let's go get that number one pick. And, oh, by the way, we don't need a quarterback. We don't need Bryce Young. Nope. Best and, best place to be. For sale. Like oh, every, you trade that pick. Oh, my God. Like, they're going to have – they would have options, and we'll talk about it in the offseason. It would be um somehow – not karmic. What's the word? Just like a nice bookend to the season that the one a cosmic ballet con- convincing Vikings win of the season was week one against the Packers. And then you wrap it up heading into the playoffs nice. week 18 mm. and you start feeling good Very about nice. yourself. If I were the Texans, I would start my long snapper at quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, let's, let's not mess around. The, here. the scenario you're suggesting has Houston winning a meaningless, meaningless I, I'm game. I'm picking which them be, to win this oh game. God, they com- can't be that dumb. Until last week. Well, you know, are they we were, doing that game? Is that your pick? Up next, Greg. Uh, it's not. Oh. But oh well, you could have. That would have been, been a perfect fold, seg. right? We already and we could kind of roll through. We the already end of this. talked for, about them for now, like a Just minute and a half. There. But then I would have to watch that game, and like, I never plan to watch no, that game. No one, no one's gonna hold it. Not putting you. that on Game Pass. I just watch the highlights. We'll Why would you it. need to watch Houston, Indianapolis, at Game Just, Pass after Justin's week even volunteering. CD. Whenever I Justin has, oh, I could watch the Colts lose to the Texans. That could be your Justin game. Yeah, give it to me, Greg. Because we're still talking about those two teams. We're still talking about this at this Come point. Come on, for the so sake deep. of the show. Showmanship, okay. Greg. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Showmanship. Greggy. There he is. Hello, my baby. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get a little Sam Seminar coming up in the offseason, by the way. The Colts went 31 straight drives until Sam Ellinger took the ball in garbage time. Sell it. When it didn't matter Sell against it. the Giants last week. Well, this is not selling. Oh. This is making fun of the Colts. Oh, that's fine. 31 straight drives without a touchdown before a garbage time touchdown last week. That's a lot of drives. 31. So you can't tell that's me the lot. Texans are some huge underdog in this game. Nope, they're not. No. Okay, that's all. That's why the long snapper needs to play quarterback for the Texans. Who is the long snapper of the Texans? Let me look them up. I'm I mean, they already, they're already playing two quarterbacks week after week. Just make it a third and say it's part of our plan. And the third guy, the it's long snapper, will take The Colts have been outscored, by the way, this season. Even before, you know, including the right games, which were more competitive. They were 3-3-1, three, three, and one, by the way, when Ursay blew this team up. But All right. Yeah. You know, slightly fraudulent. Uh, their, but... their point differential is worse than the Texans this season. The Texans' mm. long snapper is 
from Baylor. Yeah. Uh, my wife's alma mater. Um, he is five foot ten, two hundred and forty two pounds, thirty six year old John Weeks. We get weeks. Now, it's going to take some roster maneuvering. You're going to make sure he gets on the depth chart so you can uh, send him up the depth chart. But you get John Weeks at quarterback. He is a um, uh, he went to college in Texas. Uh, he is now a Houston player. No. That's not what you do. What? You start Davis Mills. You break out every single big play that you've ever had. And Lovey Smith walks out of the building with two Double birds Double to birds. everyone. I dare you to fire another coach after one year, and I just ruined your number one seed, I like you that. jerks. I like that. I mean, it's that would be an evil conclusion for the Texans fans. And the best thing they would be deserve said, it, though. The frankly. Texans fans would. The Texans organization, who did not cover themselves in glory and, and lost uh, some money uh, on top of other things when they handled the Deshaun Watson thing, let's give it to the Bears. And. Um, if if they fired Lovey, I don't think I, the fans deserve I'm not, it. I'm not as mean. negative about like them. If they actually if they kept Lovey, the, the whole like David Cully, Lovey, Jack Easterby, Deshaun Watson. I mean, this isn't exactly a lovable organization. No, right uh, right. no, it's not. And the only thing I'll say on the Colts side, um, at the risk of circling back to the Kayvon Thibodeau situation, is Jeff Saturday <laughs> was tense before. Also, um, also had said um, two things annoyed me about that situation, Kayvon being trash in that spot. And my offensive line not defending my quarterback. I think I like I think he's totally right about that like, point. Man, is there anything that is right about this Colts team? It's uh th- we would need to ask Zach Kiefer, someone that tracks this team closely over the years, but is there ever been a more um depressing Colts We called season. it the worst Colts team he's ever followed. They're, they're, but yeah. I do like Saturday calling out at least, you know what, if he's gone to Call them out for something that's right. They, they should have been the there definition for him. of moribund. And if they lose at home to the Texans, that will be one of the most moribund facilities that we've seen all season. They will let them hear it. It's been a dark campaign. All right, let's move on. Chargers, Broncos. Uh, How about the Commanders? By the way, sending two third-round picks to the Colts to get Carson Wentz. Wait, that, we we don't even we haven't even picked Commanders Cowboys. By the way, somehow Texans Colts got taken before that. <laughs> Andrew, well, snake steel. Go ahead. I'm I'm taking Chargers Broncos yeah. just because oh, okay. of strategy. That's just what I want. This game might uh, not have any playoff implications because the Ravens play earlier, and if that's the case, the Chargers are expected to sit a lot of their best players. Brandon Staley said essentially that he said it without saying it, but he indicated pretty strongly that based on the earlier results, we'll be smart about things. So that could mean. Chase Daniel being at quarterback for the Chargers. No Derwin James, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, like all the guys uh, that you would think the Broncos are actually favored in this game now based on that Mm. press conference, I believe. Now, if the Ravens do win early, which is not crazy, uh, I think the Chargers are going to play. I think they've made it clear that they want to try to get that five seed. So it's a... It's a weird spot. There was no right way for the NFL to do this just based on the timing of everything and that happened on, on Monday night. I will say, like, of all the – of some of these AFC teams, you know, we got a couple of teams who are going to back into the playoffs in about as fierce a fashion as possible. The way that the Chargers have played since Williams and – like, they, they've had their wideouts back, Keenan Allen as well. Like, they have been – they've been 4-0 since that time. 
their offense has looked completely different to me. They finally crossed the 30-point barrier a week ago. They're running the ball really well. They have Joey Bosa back on defense. That was defense. the first time they scored 30 points all year? No, no, in like since like week oh, five or something. Okay. They just, they, you can tell they've been a pent-up offense. We went through the Justin Herbert injury situation. They're finally healthy. It's just like, all right, maybe this Chargers team for once can hit the postseason um, with the right foot. Until, it's like I, I, they, they've always been a team that you're counting on to essentially go one and out in the playoffs in these situations. Staley, I think, has proven himself as a coach on defense. Their defense has been altered and shown of late, and so I like the situation for them. Well, they're usually better than their record, and this year maybe the reverse is true. They actually, like Chargers fans, always think they have the worst luck in the world. I think they've been a little fortunate. They were a little fortunate to be at 6-6 six and six when they got there. Kind of got a little lucky. Even their coach admitted it. And then they kind of faced the Titans. And not that they didn't earn those wins against the Titans and Dolphins, but they got them got them at a good time at the yeah. right time. And then a nice, easy schedule. And you know what? The Chargers deserve a little good luck. And I think we'll all enjoy seeing Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Will so. be fun. All right, let's take a break and we'll finish out the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it... Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When those those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we didn't the problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now Gosh. we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, we're back, and I will grab that uh, NFC East affair with the next pick in the draft. Dallas at Washington. Tuddy the Pig in his his final appearance of uh, this season. What a season, season it's been for, for, for it. It would be funny if it, um, monster that it is, uh, got wiped away by a new regime. Yeah, the ownership was like, no, we don't want the pig that got introduced at halftime of Week 17. We're going to do a different mascot, and then he exists as this incredibly minor footnote in in world history, like a two week half human, half pig mascot. Yeah, probably like hanging out Private at pork, a pork, as uh, Nick Shook said. Yeah, hanging out at like a Washington D.C. dive bar or a, or a Maryland dive bar, depending on where it'll he, be. A, a where do you house this pig? A footnote similar to the Carson Wentz week. 17 start that Ron Rivera decided to give that like ended everyone's career. I hope it's not a footnote. <laughs> Sam I mean, Howell will start for the commanders in a meaningless game. Uh, well, not for Sam Howell um, and perhaps not for Ron Rivera, uh, but the commanders are eliminated. The Cowboys, believe it or not, still have a path to the number one seed in the NFC. If everything broke for their in their way. So they get it. If they uh, take care of business against the commanders and then the Eagles lose to the Giants, and the 49ers lose to the Cardinals. I'm just saying, that's the path. But you can, it's something as simple as, and this would be stunning, the Eagles lost to the Giants, uh, and the Cowboys won. They win the NFC East and get the home game. That is not, that's not a crazy, crazy, the number one seed where San Francisco loses to Arizona. I would say, like, at least there's a shot of it. It feels like this is, the Cowboys are going to be where the Cowboys are as the top wild card seed. But crazier things have happened. I hope I hope it doesn't work out this way. But looking at this five pack of four twenty five games, we could have a Chargers game playing backups, 49ers and Eagles just like whitewashing and if their opponents. And the, I think the Cowboys will absolutely be scoreboard watching. And if the Eagles are up by three or four touchdowns, I think they'll start sitting their starters. Yeah, it's it, it, it might not be a, a great little sequence. That's why I've, I've been watching Gino. Low ebb for drama, but the, but the NFL season tells us that one of those situations is going to go totally haywire, if not two or three of them. Ooh, nice. Solid company, man. I'm not being a company man. It's just like I actually wouldn't mind if it's just like a nice, neat, everything's nice and neat, but it's not going to be that way because every one of these games... It's, You're probably you right. Know, let's be real here. And uh, there was a report, uh, Jeremy Fowler, the team had expected the Washington um, commanders to go with Taylor Heineke on Sunday, but that changed when Heineke told the coaches that it should be rookie Sam Howell instead, as Heineke felt that Howell was deserving of playing a full mm, game. That First of all, feels not true if, to me, but well, if that's true, you know, good on Taylor Heineke. Uh, mm, what a class act, I guess. Uh, but in uh, reality, I just think it, it's it's a further uh, it illustrates to me that the, the the Washington football team needs to reboot the whole thing, including quarterback including head coach, and wow. above it's, that as well. It's not working. I, I kind of am interested to see Sam Howell. That was interesting in the preseason. Sure, but I, I mean, hate he's that a fifth-round pick. I, I mean, don't like that right. report. Here's what I guess happened here. Heineke was benched. He was extremely upset, Yeah, and he didn't want to start. And this is – I'm just speculating. And then this story comes out. I don't like it. That's all yeah, But, saying. Greg, so last so – like, A little bit of a uh, spin job – uh, is what it, it sounds like. It is a spin like. job, but there was there were a set, Reggie oh, Ragland. Yeah, I really believe in Howell. Reggie Ragland from the Browns, who knows a bunch of players on on Washington, basically said after they after they lost to the Browns that 
I know guys over there, and they all wanted Heineke to start. We talked about this with Carson Wentz. Actually, I think you blew up the locker room with that one. I do. I think that was a messy move. I totally agree. I I was saying it wasn't crazy for me to start Wentz. I, I was obviously wrong. Wentz played the worst game I think any commander's quarterback has played all year. He mm. completely collapsed. And I wouldn't mind Heineke saying, no, I'm not starting, guys. Yep. You, you bench me. I don't like if someone from the Heineke camp is putting this out there after the fact. That's what I wouldn't like. I, I would respect him saying, no, thanks. But I don't know like, how big of a, oh, ca- really big of a camp think, he has. but you Yeah, know, but well, I'm sure. I he's mean, got a camp putting out these uh, Air Jordan But you know quotes. what? Yeah. He is a, he is a totally, totally fair to be ex- extremely annoyed with but what they happened have, over the that'd last be fine. week plus. I don't, I don't need to hear that you want to see J- Sam Howell start. But they have professional reporters down there covering that team, including the Washington Post. They're all over it. Um, all over this team. And someone's going to follow up with Ron Rivera and say, hey, is it true that you were going to start Heineke? And then he volunteered that he didn't want to play. Unless Ron Rivera is then going to carry the Heineke camp's water, uh, that doesn't quite pass the mustard test either. I, I'm just saying, like, if that's a phony um, spin job that could easily get blown up just by asking the head coach if it's true. Or right? Rivera- this is like the <laughs> least important story that I'm totally fascinated by, and uh, we need to find out. We need a reporter to. Or do Rivera's that. like, wait, oh, well, there is a game this week. Like, exactly. You know, oh, I don't know. Oh, wait, Ron- no, of course, the coach shouldn't need to know that. He's in his bunker. The house. <laughs> What 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 now, Greg? What? Well, no, Go it, ahead. The no, floor no, is yours. No, it's more of these articles. Like I'm seeing it everywhere. Like, oh, Taylor Heineke with a great gesture. It's just like. <laughs> I thought you were going to well, get honest for being too critical of Ron Rivera, who is uh, a lion of a man. But perhaps it's time. All I needed for jo- Ron there. Rivera was that video of him telling Jeremy Reeves that he made the Pro Bowl. You guys remember that video? It's heartwarming. Wait, you're talking about the one where the yeah, it's yeah. A nice video. That's what I mean. Like Beautiful. that showed me a good man. what his players felt of him and what a guy he it's was. Good guy. Just say you know you, cancer, you root for a guy like respected, that. Respected, a great player in his day. <laughs> the show is so but Chicago Bear. Perhaps. Yeah. It's time for the uh, the commanders to go and take command in a different direction. I don't know. It's fair. Don't want to be a bad guy about it. Like Ron. Mark, finish this. All right. Bucks at Falcons. And the Bucks could decide. Well, we, just have to, we have another one after that too, by the way. Well, there's two more, but this is, the, this is the first one load I'm up picking. Mark, Sunday play. Right, we'll be quick. We'll Bucks be quick. at Falcons. Yeah, I think this is a sleeper. I I, I guess like we're not probably not going to see. Like, it's kind of a tough week, huh? It's a strange week, but I. It's I, often well, like that week 18. Yeah. We'll have to wait till the playoffs to find out if if the Bucks and if Brady and Mike Evans have the same connection they did last time. I thought it was a really hopeful thing. I'm not trusting that that's going to just carry over. But I have told you that week after week that this Bucks team or the winner of the South and you know presumably you know, you was the Bucks. said this yet. So well, I'm saying ahead. it again now that they will win that home playoff game. But I would say that would be an extremely foolish thing to say unless their offense shows up the way it did last week. Well, I mean, re- no, there won't be a huge... They're going to be... if it, they're playing. Well, that, that's what's so funny about this. It's not like totally maybe the, as the kids say, the flex you think it is. It's like, that wouldn't be crazy. I'm not saying it's the flex <laughs> I think it is. It's just that I've been saying that since like but week five. Not only are you saying it, you're saying it. Team. Well, you're also saying it if the offense shows up. Like, yes, of course. If the, no, I'm saying... If the team that scored 37 points shows up, they can probably win a game as like a two and a half point underdog. That's it's not possible. really what I'm saying at all, Greggy. Uh, it's actually that they they, they should feel encouraged we about go. how they looked. Yes. Uh, I thought Tom Brady and the starters might play most of this game, but then Todd Bowles said he wants to see all three quarterbacks in this game. So I guess it's not yeah. I think it's just a 
just in time, the, the, the Evans-Brady connection coming to life. And can we just a little love for uh, Mike Evans as like one of the great players of uh, at his position of the last, you know, 10 years? Like that was a, for a guy that's on, I think, the other side of 30 now. The way he was just and I know they're beat up in the secondary um, in Carolina with J.C. Horn out, but still like he just blowing by dudes and, and winning that game almost single handedly. Shout out to Mike Evans for being that dude. Absolutely. Alpha wide out. Absolutely. Finally, Mark Sessler, the Cardinals at the Niners. Is that? No, no, no. I already said this is, is the Panthers at the Saints, both eliminated ah, yes. from any further play after this game. Uh, I thought it was, you know, the Saints showed up last week. I thought that was a uh, pretty incredible job by their defense. What a first half, especially. Absolutely. I mean, that's sort of the same. We talked about the Saints as this high variance team. And it was like some of that was like, I would rather see that version of the Saints in the postseason than uh, a number of other teams. Uh, in general, I'd say for the Panthers, I really am rooting for Steve Wilkes to keep this job. I think he did a lot with them. They came within that one game of being a team that's that going Jim to the postseason. Report, report out there. That he's talked to the Panthers. Well, the temper that, has, the, yeah. That they've talked, and Jim Harbaugh reportedly has a very, and I feel like we've maybe heard this before, but a very strong interest in rejoining our league. He, oh, I, Would me, you rather go to the, if because the Broncos have, have been linked to Jim Harbaugh too, a deal with the idea of reviving what Russell Wilson gives you, or a Panthers team that has no quarterback? Panthers? Panthers. I think so too because I think like there's there's more to work with here. I like I think you can you find more a of a quarterback. blank slate to build yeah. your team. You're kind of hemmed in. Whoever takes that Broncos job, it's like I you're hoping that. that Wilson bounces back. If not, you're gonna get fired. Look, Harbaugh uh, was yeah. desperate to get a job last year, putting every media source out there that he could, and tried to interview and did interview with the the Vikings. Well, helped him get a raise but too. He, but he didn't get a job. Um, this time, it seems like there's there's a better chance. I think this is a sneaky huge game. For these two coaches, maybe based on that, Steve Wilkes doesn't have a great chance. I I do think Dennis Allen winning a fourth straight game with his defense playing really well at the end of the season will help him. But if they get blown up here by the Panthers and it's just like a, a wah, wah, wah ending like and they end up seven and ten and Sean Payton's looming. Then I, I think this is a big game. We, it shouldn't be, but I think him winning four straight games would be very helpful. Yeah, but Sean Payton him. going back to the Saints is another team with major quarterback issues and yeah. a total void there. I, I we'll don't see. love that we'll landing see. spot either. They have the this this matchup uh, involves the number one pass defense in the league, according to DVOA versus the number one pass offense in the league over the last five weeks. What? 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 I don't even what? know how that what? works, what? What? but it's on what? a per. It's basically because it's a per throw basis, and per throw, the Panthers when they've thrown the ball are picking up first downs at a. At well, a Sam nice Darnold, rate. I thought outside of the turnover stuff against the Bucks, played the best game he's ever played. I'm a sicko enough. I I wish I had this game, even he though was, it doesn't mean anything. I still love that NFC side. Trade it. Can't trade it up. Get a number one. You, next, yeah, you can next have season. Colts Texans. I mean, this is <laughs> trade him for a might, number two in Week One in September. I mean, you might Offer need to, to talk him. to Nick Shook about that because it's sort of a Shook game, uh, so you know okay. how this works. So okay, but I could. I think you, it's, it's, it's half switched. my asset, so I can. Offer I can, a number two in 2023 and see if we just sit on that all off. That's building for next right. year. I like that. Speaking of next year, before we sign off, here are the coaches that I feel like are in some level of peril entering Week 18 with Black Monday right around the corner. See, Zeus was bringing this up now because by Sunday night, yeah. it's easier. And some guys might be fired by then. Yeah. 
Josh McDaniels, Chiefs at Raiders. Probably fine, but just mentioning it. Texans with Levy Smith. Colts, Jeff Saturday, obviously an intern. You have another intern, Wilkes. Panthers at Saints, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen could really use a win to end the season on a four-game winning streak. I don't know if Saints fans want to hear that, but I feel like I he, might be in good, do, but... he might be in good position there if they end up playing good football to close the season. Uh, the Broncos have an interim, obviously. They'll be making a change. Cliff Kingsbury, a lot of speculation that he'll be coaching his last game. I don't know if he could save his job. It doesn't matter what happens. In some of these cases, how weird football is, guys can save their jobs potentially with a win on Sunday. Not there. And finally, the aforementioned Ron Rivera. I don't know. I don't know how strong that is, but also there's so much instability in that organization right now. Um, I think the it behooves him to win in Week 18. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the ownership situation might play in his favor Could. because Could. is the owner. You know, that's who's making that decision. Does the owner really want to make a change if they're making a change in terms of their job? And then there's there's always one surprise, and I would throw. You know, and I guess it's not as big a surprise if you throw names out there, but I would put the Raiders, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, and Browns Patriots? As, like, Patriots. as one where there could be a surprise. You think Belichick would just I potentially mean, it, leave because he's not going to do what they want him to do? I, it wouldn't that be, would a, be, it wouldn't be surprise a surprise. Surprise would not if, be the word for that. Yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise if, if uh, you totally saw it coming. But that one is just like, I don't think any of those would be totally shocking. Let's track that. Who want, Would you imagine I'm the coach of the Patriots following Bill Belichick? Have a good time with that. The job I don't want. All right, we'll track it. If any one of that five-pack has a change. Yeah. Football. It's, it's, it's hard to believe how unpredictable it can be. All right. Thank you to everyone for watching, for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night with the Week 18 flagship show where we will have a full picture of the postseason. Probably. Till then, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.